Hello there, my name is Danny Yeoman, wild bird expert for Pets Corner and developer of Peter and Paul Bird Foods. Welcome to the fourth of a number of podcasts detailing some of the amazing birds that we see and feed in our gardens. Each month we'll be looking at a different bird and this month we'll be looking at the sweet little wren. Ask most people what the most common bird in Britain is and the chances are they will not be able to give you a correct answer. That is because it's not the blue tit, blackbird, sparrow, starling or robin, but the wren. One reason why the wren is top of the avian league table is that it can live virtually anywhere. You'll find wrens in urban gardens and rural woods, on blasted heaths and far-flung islands, wherever there are nooks and crannies for them to find food and make their nest. So, if wrens are so common and widespread, why do we hardly ever see one? Well that's mainly because they do not really behave like other songbirds, which tend to feed out in the open on lawns or bird feeders. Instead they are a consummate sulkers, hiding away, mouse-like, in the leaf litter. Even when they move from place to place, they usually do so in a blur. But every now and then, you can get a really good look at one of these charismatic little birds. The other day on my local patch, a wren hopped out of the trees, posed for a moment in the sunshine, then plunged back out of sight. Short but sweet, rather like the bird itself. The wren has an interesting Latin name, Troglodytes troglodytes. Now troglodyte means cave dweller, and this little bird that tucks itself into ivy or roosts in tiny wall crevices certainly lives up to that concept. Yet cave dwellers tend to keep themselves to themselves, and in this respect wrens are completely different. The next time you hear a loud song with rapid notes that leap up and down the scale and are punctuated by machine gun like rattles, you might think it comes from a much larger bird. Not so. The wren belts out its military tune with astonishing gusto and force for such little lungs, and like the Wizard of Oz, comes across as being much larger than it actually is. Wrens are common birds, with over 8 million pairs breeding each year here in the UK, yet they are vulnerable too. A harsh winter can destroy populations, as a little bird has little or no resistance to extreme cold, other than to bunch up tight in nest boxes, trying to keep themselves warm. Astonishingly, the record number of wrens roosting in one nest box, trying to avoid the cold, is 63. Its size does provide it with one advantage though. It enables it to reach parts of your garden that other birds can only dream of. Slipping between twigs and brambles, it raids crevices, nooks and crannies for flies, spiders, wood lice, aphids and a host of other invertebrates that might otherwise consider themselves safe. The wren is truly a gardener's friend. Talking about safety, young wrens tend not to understand this basic principle. Once they leave the nest, they're difficult to round up again for protection of the nighttime roost and you may often hear adult wrens clicking angrily at their young to get them back in the nest late into the evening. As one of the smallest of European birds, the wren is only 10 centimetres long and weighs under 13 grams. It is a reddish brown with buff underparts, barred flank and tail and a clear white line above the eye. It has a distinctive shape with short upright tail, large feet and a fine long bill. 
Both sexes look alike, and juveniles look similar to the adult, but with a warmer tone to their plumage. Saying that though, some 43 subspecies of wren are recognised globally, six of which occur in Britain and Ireland. Two occur in the mainland, Troglodytes in southern England, the race also found on the near continent, and the indigenous, found across northern England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. Then there are a number of island forms, Shetland wren, Fair Island wren, Hebridean wren and St Kilda wren. These island forms typically differ from the mainland forms by being darker in ground colour of their plumage and more heavily barred. For example, the Shetland wren is a sooty brown colour and not the rufous brown of the mainland birds. Their songs also differ and some of the subspecies are notably different in size. The development of island races or subspecies derives from their isolation. Separated from the mainland populations, there is scope for divergence in characteristics like song or body colour. The island forms also show differences in their behaviour, with the males typically more supportive of their mates during the breeding season. They may be a tiny little bird, but rather surprisingly, wrens have one of the loudest voices around. Its song consists of a series of clear, shrill notes, and its scolding alarm call can even scare a cat. The wren lives life at a fast, relentless pace, and it sings this way too. It trembles as it puts everything into its song, which lasts about five seconds, and usually ends in a trill. When the bird is annoyed or excited, its calls run into an emphatic chirr, not unlike clockwork running down. Its song is a gushing burst of sweet music, loud and emphatic. It has an enormous voice for its size, ten times louder weight for weight than a cockerel, and it has been suggested that if the wren was the size of an ostrich and its song was equally magnified, it would shatter area drums.
Wrens will nest in a wide variety of habitats, as long as they offer cover near the ground. They are particularly fond of undergrowth in woods, thickets and tangles, especially in bushy gardens and parks. One of their unique breeding rituals is the male builds several dome-shaped moss nests for the female to choose from. Usually these nests are in bushes, holes in walls or trees, but they have been recorded nesting in birdhouses, woodpecker holes, empty cow skulls, abandoned hornet nests, deserted swallow nests, watering pots, tin cans, teapots, flower pots and even old boots but they will use open-fronted nest boxes for both nesting and winter roosting. The breeding season lasts from late April to July, with usually two broods, and after the female has chosen a nest, she lines it with feathers before laying five to eight white eggs with red-brown freckles. The nestlings hatch after about 15 days, and are fed by both parents, flying after about two weeks. The establishment of communal roosts is a means by which individual wrens can reduce heat loss during the long winter nights. Such roosts usually involve small numbers of individuals, but there are records of several dozen roosting together. As we mentioned before, there's even a record of 61 roosting together in a Norfolk nest box during the winter of 1969. The establishment of a communal roost appears to be initiated by the male within whose territory the roost is located. He will attract other birds to the roost through calls and short flights out. Individuals appear to enter the roost shortly after sunset and depart before dawn, so they may be using sites within your garden without even you knowing. Late in the winter, with the approach of spring, the resident male attempts to prevent other males from entering the roost, favouring females, one of more of whom you may go on to mate with come the breeding season. Certainly paired females will often roost within the preferred nest prior to the initiation of egg laying. Wrens like eating small insects and their larvae, spiders, worms and have even been spotted paddling into shallow water to catch tadpoles and small fish. They occasionally eat small seeds, but rarely visit bird feeders or tables. Instead they creep under bushes or along walls, snapping up insects in their sharp little beaks. So if you'd like to tempt a wren into your garden, it's best to scatter some Peter and Paul mealworm mix on the ground, close to shrubs. Now Peter and Paul mealworm mix can be fed all year round. For insect eating birds like wrens it's brilliant, but this mix comes into its own at a certain time of the year. Spring. When baby birds are on the nest, or when they have just left the nest, they require protein-rich food, and that's just what mealworm mix provides. If you are worried about the baby birds in your garden, or regularly buy peanuts, try a bag of Peter and Paul mealworm mix next breeding season. I guarantee you'll see more birds in your garden, and you can be proud that your efforts have probably just saved dozens of young birds here in the UK. Peter and Paul Bird Foods are the UK's first wild bird food made with no compromise. There is no other commercial mix available with the uncompromising quality of Peter and Paul. Free from wheat and fillers and guaranteed to attract greater abundance and diversity of birds to your garden. Peter and Paul seed mixes have been blended with Nutravio, a unique natural seed coating that is a digestible energy source which inhibits bacterial growth. This can help prevent birds from picking up common bugs including Salmonella and E. coli. 
Many other seed mixes available contain filler seeds and other products that many of their favourite garden birds just won't eat. As much as 60-70% of a bag of birdseed can contain these filler seeds, and that can end up uneaten and wasted on the ground, where it will likely rot, germinate, or potentially attract garden pests like mice and rats. You'll not find any of these filler seeds in a bag of Peter and Paul birdseed. Their small size and agility means that wrens are able to access holes and crevices that would be out of reach of many other birds. Many of these sites remain available during periods when snow has fallen, and so provide a lifeline for these diminutive insectivores. Wrens have even been known to forage under the snow cover itself, seeking out the small invertebrates that remain active within the somewhat protected environment afforded by the snow. Being so small has its disadvantages the most prominent of which are that the bird chills rapidly and is unable to store much in the way of body fat. Supplementary feeding can make an important contribution to overwintering survival. Another valuable thing you can do for wrens is maintaining a compost heap and turn it regularly. This reveals a wealth of tiny insects upon which the wren can feed. Most British wrens are sedentary, though some move up to 150 miles into more sheltered habitat, such as reed beds, for the winter. European wrens may be more mobile, and we receive a small but regular passage, in autumn and spring, from birds from the near continent. Some of these birds, seemingly of Scandinavian origin, reach Scotland, and there is a regular passage of wrens reported from oil platforms located in the North Sea. Further confirmation of the arrival of such birds comes from the spring recovery in Sussex of a wren ringed the previous autumn in a Russian ringing station on the Baltic coast. The wren population is at somewhat of a peak at the moment, thanks to a run of mild winters, which have boosted overwintering survival. Monitoring work carried out by the British Trust for Ornithology has highlighted how a cold winter can reduce the breeding population by a quarter of more, and a particularly cold winter can devastate the population, killing up to 80% of a wren's population. All the more reason to feed them, and feed them right. That's where Peter and Paul Bird Foods come in. For more information regarding Peter and Paul Wild Bird Foods, please check out the Peter and Paul website at www.peter-and-paul.com or pop into one of our wonderful Pets Corner stores and the nearest store to you can be found at the Pets Corner website at www.petscorner.co.uk well, that's it from me. I hope you've enjoyed it. For further birds, please continue to check out the stream, and I look forward to speaking to you soon.